Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to View with Mike G, the show of a life, the show of San Francisco, East Bay, having a massive career in the hospitality industry and living up to your parents' expectations in the Asian community. Today's guest is amazing, Sharon Young of the Roosevelt Room. This week, I wanted to devote to powerful women that just so happened to work at the Roosevelt Room and the sister shop, The Eleanor in Austin, Texas. It was great to sit down and chat with Sharon. This is the first dive into her personal life and this whole voyage, this whole journey for her on record. You know, not a lot of press about Sharon. And I think it's a good thing to talk about. And I think she just wants to get the job done and learn as much as possible. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Sharon Young of The Roosevelt Room. I don't know. I feel like the noob of this industry. The noob? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I feel like I'm just like the little guy, like still trying to learn everything. Yeah. Being under like... Dennis and Justin, I feel extremely blessed to like be a part of this like crazy bar program and I don't even know how to explain it. I just feel like for like the first time in my life I feel like I'm awake and this is like what I actually want to do. Awake. Yeah. I mean like a purpose maybe? Kind of. I mean, in my twenties I was just kind of working at bars, just making money and having fun with friends and just kind of bullshitting. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how it goes for right, us. Yeah. For sure. But also kind of feeling a little lost in a way. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Um, so when I finally moved to Austin and they offered me a job there, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is incredible. I think I could actually see myself doing this for a really long time. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. kind of maybe the the truly advanced and mature role, mm-hmm. maybe. For sure. Do you like the fact that to really brilliant minds said you know what we see something in you does that does that scare you at all that those two guys are like nope <laughs> it's Jaren, very you're flattering. gonna be the one yeah yeah no it's great uh yeah i don't know i feel special it's good it's a good thing mm-hmm. right? that they saw potential in me and i mean originally back at home i was like bartending and my first love is actually food i've been food. cooking were you a chef then uh, I did work in a kitchen for a while, and it no sucked. It's different, though. Different it's level so of hustle. Different. Right? Yeah. It's so different. Well, okay, so let's talk about that then. Because with some of our peers, there's plenty written about them. Mm-hmm. There's lots of stuff on record. Yeah. They're from this place. This was the momentous occasion in which they started a bar. Dennis has a great story. Justin, Alex, et cetera, right? But for you... You said that you moved to East Bay, but you were born and raised, born more or less in San Francisco. Yeah. And what siblings, parent, big family? Small family. Small. I have one brother. He's 11 years older than myself. No kidding. Oh my gosh. We have such a small family. Just me, my brother, my mom, my dad, my dad. Yeah. Where are they from originally? 
Uh, Southern China. I don't even know Southern what to, China. I don't even know how to say like the cities in English. Oh, you didn't English. have to. But, yeah, but Southern China. <laughs> I mean, so all right. Is it fair to say then they play? We'll talk about music here in a second. <laughs> I know it sucks that there's this stereotypical thing where it's like you have to play piano. It's just I, I saw a movie about it in the '80s, and ever <laughs> since then, for some reason, Chinese children have to play piano. Yeah, it's strange. But we'll talk about that. Okay. But being young being in san francisco but you were born in the states mm-hmm. and culturally san francisco's got a lot of different things right. going on did you ever think that it was that you were different that things were you were in a foreign land even though you were born here for sure really it's hard i so i'm first generation american yeah and even to this day i speak cantonese to my parents do you really I'm kind of, that's amazing it's though. like it's turned into chinglish you know since yeah. um i've moved so i don't speak it as often yeah. as i would like um but i feel like there's always this like struggle to maintain like what they want me to become i mean yeah. it's it's totally not a stereotype like yeah you should go to college like ucla berkeley get a master's or whatever and become yeah. a doctor and make millions of dollars and then have kids but i'm so like going against the grain of that so i feel like there's this constant struggle yeah for me did you so when you were growing up obviously they want you to be academic focused mm-hmm. right? or rather academically focused mm-hmm. did you did you have more of a creative mind something that's like a little more loose can a little more western if you will i think that was like the whole food thing yeah i remember having like an easy bake oven and like a little <laughs> stovetop yeah. and i would pretend like i was uh, in like uh, teaching a cooking class, yeah, and Julia Child was like my inspiration. You know, really? I used to watch her all the time, just like obsessed. That's like amazing. I thought she was like the coolest person in the world. She is. Like, yeah, she did is. You, what did you? What do you think about the movie? Is it Julia? And I Julia? haven't seen it. It's really fun, uh, and I, it makes me want to learn classic mother sauces. Yeah, <laughs> so important. So it's very important. I mean, so I was talking about this the other day actually, and it was, you know, there's the Manhattan, the Martinez, the Mar the daiquiri sidecar these classic cocktails and it's just like the mother sauces there's lots of things that they're have in common with each other so i'm sure that at some point this evolves and we'll talk about that but so all right so you really want to cook are there other things about the west about like american culture that were really appealing to you because because they were different no, I don't think so. Because I think about Beverly Hills 90210, kind of, because mm-hmm. I grew up in, I mean, I'm probably a little bit older than you. Everybody was so fascinated with the white dudes with the spiky hair, you know? <laughs> but I wonder if that's kind of a thing, too, for people. It's like, if it's different, it's better. Because in a way, it's me rebelling against what my parents want. Right. Is that kind of the same thing for you? Kind of. Yeah. Does music work like in that way as well? Even the whole piano thing, I was like, I remember asking my mom uh, when I joined band like in middle school, I'm like, I really want to play the saxophone. Like, I think it would be really cool. She's like, that's a boy's instrument. Oh I'm my like, gosh, really? But ma'am. <laughs> what did you want to play, alto? Yeah. Yeah, alto's great. I think that was like partially like Lisa Simpson. Hell yes, it, yes. Channeling my inner yeah. Lisa Simpson. Is it seem like... Not being Chinese, mm-hmm. personally. Um, I think it's, maybe it's apparent. I don't know, it's hard to say. But is pressure and expectation something that day in, day out, that you experience with your folks? Absolutely. I mean, even 
Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, just having them try to understand like what I'm trying to do here. In yeah, Austin, it's, it's got to be really of, difficult for them, right? It's a big deal. They're not big drinkers. Like my mom doesn't drink at all. My dad will occasionally have the <laughs> a like Budweiser right. or a like a Remy. Oh, nice. Um, I know, right? Classy. There you go, luxury. <laughs> um, but it's hard to translate what I'm trying to do here into. I don't know. No, just, right? Because bartending. People, it's almost like an insult. Like it's, right. from, oh, you're just a bartender. Just a. Like that's what people, I feel like in their eyes, it's kind of like working in the hospitality industry is something you do if you didn't go to school right, or something, right. you know, just to make ends meet. But but it can be and is, at least now, turning into something that is quite lucrative. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about your, your mates, your bosses at Roosevelt Room. You know, I know Justin went to college for a bit. I know Dennis did. Kind of a little bit maybe and but it doesn't matter you don't have to follow that path anymore right what so what were they what industries were they in your mother and father oh man so it's kind of crazy where they came from i mean my dad has a really crazy past where yeah. he lost his parents at a really young age and in, in he, china i imagine yeah and then he like swam from china to hong kong to get away from communist china are you kidding me no i'm dead serious it's like you go at night and i forget maybe it's like five miles or something but it's still crazy and he was even like oh there are parts of the water where there there's sharks and you could possibly you know get eaten or drowned which is is, like on the line right, right and it's totally common for someone trying to swim and they just can't keep up and they drown that's inc- it's insane. Yeah, insane. It is incredible as well because he made it. Yeah. And he so he basically swam to Hong Kong. Right. Did your mother have a similar piece where she had to escape more or less? A I don't bit know. Easier With my mom, her? I never. She never really talks about her past. Really? Like ever? Why do you think? It's that kind is? of. I don't know. I think something really, really tragic happened, and it's kind of a sensitive subject. So. Sure. But so, when you think about being transparent and talking about those things. Do you want your mom to talk to you about that stuff? Absolutely. Right, just be open about it. Well, I think just in our culture, we're very, I don't know, we don't talk about feelings much, you know, especially like my parents are so traditional. It's, it's you just kind of keep to yourself, really. Yeah, which is the opposite Mm -hmm. in a sense of being in the hospitality industry. Right. You're dealing with people that are pouring their emotions. Right. Does that maybe... You know, if I think about the psychology of this stuff, which I tend to do, being in a place where people are constantly telling you really how they feel, and perhaps they've had a bad day, perhaps it's been a bad fucking year, does that make you feel a little bit more connected to people and like the depth of their personalities? For sure. Yeah. Because imagine it's hard. It is hard. Especially coming from a place where people aren't talking about anything. What about your brother then? Is he a little more open and a little more westernized? Yeah, I mean, he was born in Hong Kong, and <laughs> he was like, I feel like he was like the perfect child, you know? Yeah. He doesn't drink really or smoke. And that does not make someone very, perfect. very, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, in yeah, my parents' right. eyes, just like, go, went to school, and he was a good kid. and Follow the path. Yeah, follow the path. And I don't think, I feel like he didn't really ba- break any barriers for me. Right. Um. So, 
when I was growing up, it's kind of like, what happened? Like, yeah, because they're like, they're thinking, we got one that worked out, right? (laughs) Yeah, straight and narrow, Mm -hmm. fits the mold. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you have this spark to do something different. Did it to go to college? and, And we'll talk about that if you ended up going that route, but did it just feel uncomfortable to have to follow that path like you re rebelled because that was what felt better mm-hmm. yeah it was i feel like it's uh it was definitely a struggle for me because i wanted to do what made me happy but at the same time it was very important to make my parents proud as well yeah it's hard so it's a duality. It is, really hard. is it harder being a woman in that culture too i think so yeah i again something you have I to have like no really experience. prove yourself really yeah Seems so tough. Mm-hmm. So then the expectation is you go to college, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Did you want to pursue that or did you pursue that? I did not. I didn't finish college, actually. But I you started it. it, I guess, yeah? I did, yeah. I just had no interest in studying something that I didn't really yeah. care about. I'm just like, I'm just going to do the hospitality thing because it makes me happy. Something that can and, connect you. Right. Mm-hmm been doing it since i was 17 17 really that's like all i've ever known that's incredible so i yeah i'm trying to figure you meet good people that way was that a nice way working in hospitality to break away from the family in a way kind of like create your own identity i guess that and the money was pretty awesome as well (laughs) (laughs) you could go back and say hey look i've got the money you know yeah do you ever think about going back to college and Going back on that expected mm, that? I guess. Yeah. Doesn't really interest you. Uh, maybe just a little. Yeah. For funsies. Yeah. But nothing committed to it, I Mm-mm. guess. Well, so this journey then ultimately we you know we're here, we're in Austin, and that's where I met you at, at the Roosevelt Room. How does someone who is diving into hospitality and this point is East Bay or mm-hmm. this is you know, like the hospitality piece mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about East Bay I the mean, Oakland area well I actually worked in the peninsula for most of my bar tell me about there, where just because the there's way yeah. more money more money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um like I worked at Menlo, in Menlo Park like Palo Alto right okay. by Stanford oh oh all yes. the Stanford kids just throwing money at you it's great that's good yeah. uh, did it feel like you were able to break away even more and learn so much more being in that kind of environment i mean honestly i didn't really learn anything i was just kind of <laughs> stagnant and just like making all the monies you yeah. know and just because that <laughs> is that if you think of so family is probably one of the key values right? yeah money mm-hmm. is definitely a value does making that money make you feel like okay well my, i don't care what my parents think at that point because i'm successful financially Eh, no. no. I wouldn't say that. That's for you? Yeah, for sure. What kind of life were you living at that point? Partying, is that kind of your forte? I was mainly, honestly, making money to like cook really good food. Really? Going out to eat and just drinking and having a good time with my friends. Just That's lust like, for life. A lot of food. Yeah. A lot of food. What kind of food were you into at that point? And something maybe oh my God, all like, the kinds. Yeah? Asian, it- Thai, Indian, all the kinds. Is there anything particular that you like to make? Um, I honestly have so many cookbooks at home and so many bookmarks, uh, 
and I try to cook something different every single time. Do you really? Oh yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. I mean, honestly, if I could, I would just host parties and be Martha Stewart. Well, why not or do that? Anna. I would love to. What would, what's preventing you from doing that? <laughs> I mean, I kind of did it for a while, like with for friends, you know. Yeah. It's not even for me. It's just cooking for others, and it makes me happy. Kind of the hospitality element of it, mm-hmm. in a way, sharing. Right? Yeah, exactly. And we were downstairs actually, and I was like, "You have all these bottles. Why would you share them?" Like, yeah. Because that is what it's about. Exactly. So, a an amazing house. You're making good money. When you think about family and you think at this point, right, before you even moved to Texas, kind of establishing and having kids and that kind of thing, was that something that was of interest to you? Because it seems like in conflict to the to the, the nightlife mm-hmm. and working behind a bar. Man, I don't know. Yeah. Having kiddos, that's a lot. It is, right? I feel like I go back and forth with that. Like, I'll see little kids and I'm like, oh, I want one of those. And then I'll see like a little shit running around. I'm like, <laughs> I definitely don't want one of those. Uh, take your notes. That, I don't want one like that. Yeah. Can I choose? Am I able to choose here? Yeah, exactly. It is. It's a. It's a strange thing. Do you in any way feel obligated to have kids? No. That's good. Yeah. So you get some freedom. Right there. So then, all right. Well, I don't want to guess because I never want to presume. What brings you to Texas? Is it a job? Is it a boy? It's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> My boyfriend at the time. Uh, we were dating and he got a job promotion yeah. got offered a job promotion and what a raise here in was he in? sales sales got it yeah so he was like do you want to come with me and i was like sure okay let's do it so yeah we packed everything up and drove 26 hours and here we are how many years ago was that three three years ago mm-hmm. and it, roughly your mid-20s your late 20s Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. I'm actually 33. Are you really? Yeah. Okay, so I'm giving you a good amount of credit. <laughs> you spent a good decade <laughs> hanging out in California and doing this thing. No, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that the life can really cause you to wrinkle, figuratively and metaphorically. Mm-hmm. You know? So do you do things to make sure you keep fresh and healthy and all of that? A lot of white rice and whiskey. White rice and whiskey. No joke. That's really? Yeah. Tell me the tell me the methodology there. <laughs> I, and I'm not arguing with it because there's plenty of people that say a whiskey a day keeps death away. Oh, man. I don't know. I just do it <laughs> just because it feels good. Yeah. It's pretty simple, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you're here. You know, you moved three years ago with a gentleman in sales. That's got to be difficult, the nine to five for him, I imagine. And then you're working quite late. Uh-huh. Does that call, cause any tension between you guys? No, not at all. It's, no, it's pretty good. It's fine. So he's all right with it. Yeah. But I guess this thing unfolds or unravels a little bit. And you're left in Austin. Did you know many people here besides him when you moved? I mean, it, let's see. It took me three months to find work, which Did was really, really crazy for that me. That is actually surprising. And I tried so hard. Maybe I was being a little picky about yeah. where I wanted to work, but. Did you have any places you're like, I really want to work there? It was funny because I actually wanted to apply at Peche. Did you really? But I didn't know anything about anything. Like, yeah. I just learned to make my first Negroni, like, maybe six months prior to that. Yeah. No kidding. Prior to moving, yeah. So you were a <laughs> speed, is speed bartender? Is that a fair word? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And so this kind of is like a culture shock then? Saying like, mm-hmm. 
So three months, what are some other places that you really wanted to work at at that point? I think I had my eye on, I forget what other restaurants. Yeah, Just, they may not even be around there. Yeah, I don't like, even remember, honestly. I applied at like every every place that looked like they had nice cocktails. Knowing that maybe they needed a little deeper understanding about maybe the history of cocktails or technique. Mm-hmm. Did you do anything to kind of change your skills and change the way that you were making or just kind of waited it out until you yeah. found the right thing? Yeah, I just waited it out. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. This is the best difference for <laughs> now, it seems like, yeah? Yeah. So what was the first gig then? The Peach Tortilla. Oh, shit, the one on Burnet. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, all right. Well, I don't want to say it, but isn't that, that is owned by some amazing Asian Americans, is it not? Uh-huh. Does that help? I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm treading lightly on this topic, but does it help? Does it help being Asian working for Asians? Is there? A I think so. I, <laughs> I kind of made I a joke. Like, right? did I get hired because I'm Asian? And, <laughs> and I'm not suggesting that you did. I'm just curious of it. <laughs> like, I will sell the shit out of your chow, like chow fun. <laughs> <laughs> How was that experience working over there? No, it was great. You like it? Yeah, I mean, they were doing some cool stuff, um, like barrel aging, yeah. cocktails, and good food too. Yeah, the food was amazing. So. Did it wear out its welcome? Did you see that you needed to do something a little more and richer, maybe creative? Uh, mm, yes and no. I mean, I also wanted to make a little more money. Yeah. We're going back <laughs> to money again. And that's all right. But it. I got bills to pay. I know. <laughs> so, well, we all have bills yeah. to pay. Well, what about the. Don't you think there's an interesting balance between making sure you make money and you can pay your bills, but also feeling filled kind of creatively mm-hmm. it's a slippery slope yeah for sure so yeah and it's the first time i actually feel like i'm able to take care of myself and be creative and i don't know it's that's great like i feel awake for once you know awoken like I said, it, awoken i'd probably not the right way to say that word. i mean that sounds right <laughs> we'll call it here and say that's right <laughs> how long were you at peach for two uh a little over a year yeah and then I was working, I actually got hired at Wu Chow. Did you as really? Well, so I was working at the Peach Tortilla, Wu Chow, and then I cross trained at Swift's. Yeah. So I had three jobs, and then I started at the Roosevelt Room, so technically I had four, four jobs, jobs at some point. But that wasn't unusual for me. I mean, I'm, I'm a workaholic. I'm totally okay with that. Yes. Do you get enough sleep? What's that? Yeah, yes. Fair. <laughs> well, why? why? I'm the same way. I have to always kind of constantly be spinning my wheels working on something Mm -hmm. and uh you know maybe that comes at the cost of personal relationships sometimes because you're always so busy and there's not much left Mm -hmm. for someone but for you do do you know where that comes from that just kind of desire to keep hustling is the money again i don't know i just want to be busy constantly i get bored yeah but not add kind of bored you just want to keep moving things Uh uh-huh so Roosevelt Room, then this opportunity. Is this the one that you're like, okay, well, I'm going to break up with all the other all the other boys yeah. and I'm going to do this full like, time. Sorry, I got to go. Because it was igniting something in you, you say? like you're. I awakened. think it was that, that whole like culinary thing again. Mm. Just like being able to play and I don't know. Just yeah. walking in there for the first time, I was like, oh my God, these guys are doing some crazy shit. Yeah. Like I wanted to be a part of that. What was your first impression of the place when you walked in? <sighs> my head exploded it was it's beautiful you know 
Um, but just like reading their house cocktail list, I was like, what is that? I don't even know what those things are, but I want to learn all about it. Was it overwhelming? A little bit, yeah. It is kind of a daunting place. Isn't yeah, it? for sure. Where do I start? Where do I, I start know. on this big list of things? Yeah, exactly. But you found that your relationship like with Dennis or Justin or probably Alex at the time, that those were guys that you could learn a lot from? Mm-hmm. And that's what I needed. Yeah. Is it, would you call it something as far as like a mentorship? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just wanting to grow so badly at that point in my life, you know? And they're giving that to me. Yeah. And still are. I mean, they're investing so much in in me and like they're sending me to buy far sorry, bar five day. Oh no kidding. Yeah. Oh that's incredible. Yeah, it's scary, but very exciting as well. Was there a spirit when you think about so this is an interesting thing, because this all makes sense. It's evolution, right? So you're starting in one place you learn more from another place. There's still some culinary elements. And of course, great cocktails have incredible culinary elements. I mean, like, what the, the cigar, what is, what's the smoky one that you guys do? <laughs> cigar box. Thank you, the yep. cigar box. I mean, that's culinary in itself. It's pretty genius. It's pretty genius. Mm-hmm. Poets muse, mm-hmm. using the umami of mushrooms and yep. stuff, you know. So it seems like a great fit. When you think about all the spirits that were back there that you've had the opportunity to try, was there something that when you tasted it, you realized, I think I can learn even more. I'm really interested in spirits now. This thing is kind of expanding for me. I think gin was a huge one. Was it? I was never a huge fan, and I learned that, oh, my God, there's so many different kinds, yeah. and they're all so different, and I just want to make, like, all the different things with it, you know? I mean... Do you have some liberties there to go and get creative when you want to? For sure. Yeah. They Do they encourage that kind of Absolutely. thing? Absolutely. Yeah. So when we think about, because of course we're sipping some vino de mezcal from the state of Mexico, perplexing me, right? I don't know what to think about this. It's like 43 of 50 bottles, something like that. Thank you, Aaron, for donating this (laughs) bottle to me. Did agave, because obviously there's this deep, rich passion for agave between Justin, Alex, Mm. Dennis. For you as well, did it open up your mind a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, And... When I first got hired on, they were like, oh, we're sending the whole staff to Oaxaca to taste mezcal. Poor you. I know. And I was like, damn, like, can I get time off from my three other jobs? That's going to be hard. Um, So I didn't end up going, but. You didn't go. No, I didn't. I I I thought you went. No, I wish. Have you been since? Mm Mm-mm. What do you think about it? When do you like still dream kind of to go down there? Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm dying to. What appeals to you? Have, uh, rather, what about agave appeals to you? I think probably the history. Yeah. Especially like Del Maguey, Like, I want to go to all these villages and meet these people that make these amazing spirits. Like, yeah. It's incredible. Their backstory, you know? And sometimes, like, they don't. Re- to think that I will maybe never meet the guy who made this, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if we were drinking a bourbon, we'll probably meet those guys. Right, some white guys from Kentucky, fine. But it's very profound to think that this bottle transported its way all the way to us. I don't even know what's made. I think it's about two, two years old. But there's something really profound and kind of interesting about. Yeah, that. this is pretty magical. It is pretty. I'm, I'm actually really <laughs> Im- impressed with this particular Vino de Mezcal yeah. offering. Well, so then when you think about your career, 
things have kept moving forward progressively. And there's obviously the element of family, which you say you're kind of four sometimes, and then those little bitch-ass kids sometimes are like <laughs> totally against it. Yeah. But where does this go for you? Do you want to own your own place? Would you like to represent a brand? I don't know. I'm just trying to take baby steps right now. I guess I'm just trying to focus on Bar 5 Day. Yeah. When is that this year? January. January. Oh, so next in 2018. Uh-huh. It's right around the corner. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you feel prepared? Ish. Yeah. What's your weakest subject, do you think? I think blind tasting is going to be a challenge for me. Why do you think that? I don't know. I just don't think I've developed that palette yet. Mm. Just still really being new to this. Um, I'm getting better at it. Yeah, every day. Mm-hmm. You get a lot large library of stuff. All right, so when you pass bar five day, mm-hmm. what are you thinking about past that? Or, and I, I'm not trying to get the like, what are, where are you in 10 years? Not driving at that, but do you want a bigger role at the Roosevelt Room? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know yet. I'm pretty happy where I am right now. I definitely see myself being with them long term. Yeah. They're my familia. La familia. Yeah, la familia. Where does the Eleanor fit into the mix? So, as you know, CARE's going to be HBIC. Yeah. Um, H- wait, no, what is HBIC? <laughs> Head Bitch in Church. Oh, right. See, <laughs> I know LOL and FML. What right? is this but, lingo? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, we're super excited. I mean, we were even talking about, we were brainstorming about pop-ups to do. Oh, no kidding. At the Eleanor. Oh, yeah. And, of course, you know, naturally, she's going to want to do something that has to do with agave. Of course. Pairings, which... I totally did because it's yeah. like teach me all the things, right? Um, and then me, I just want to do like some weird like Asian shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have you been to so have you been to Shanghai recently? The level of detail and the way they look at flavor there, because in a way, it feels like the shackles are off and creativity is at an all time high. It's one of the most inspiring movements that I've ever be able to witness you know so i think that's a great time mm-hmm. to bring those asian flavors in to the mix yeah what so all right you talk about pop-up what might be an amazing pop-up that you would like to organize i don't know like i definitely brought up doing something that has to do with like tea service you know oh, like traditional yeah. like chinese tea service um but yeah man no i think that would be good yeah i think we we don't do a lot of large format cocktails in a sense and it doesn't have to be large but even medium size format i like that Mm -hmm. if you were to have a musical guest to come and help you know hype up the mood of the pop-up is there anybody you'd like to just bring into the joint because you've got an event space right next door right (laughs) i guess it depends which which one are we talking about? Are we doing agave or are we doing the Asian thing? Okay, that's a great question. Um, let's say you're doing, I love the tea service idea because uh-huh. tea and cocktails is just a lovely, lovely thing. So you get to make some cocktails, you get to do a tea service, maybe even some fucking finger sandwiches, which is, sounds really good right now. Some cucumber cream cheese. <laughs> Who might you bring in? Like, what, what do you think would be a good way to support that musically? I'm trying to think of an artist that's super chillax. Yeah. Like Tycho. There you, you go. Tycho's? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that makes pretty sense. Cool. Everybody would be, I have a fear that maybe they wouldn't be drinking the cocktails and they'd be watching <laughs> the show. 
You gotta, it's hard to build that balance. <laughs> yeah. Do you think about brand work, though? I know that you're kind of in the moment and working with Rosa Orman and growing as much as possible, but do you think about that traveling and talking about spirits? And all? I mean, I would love to travel, but haven't really thought about brand work. Um, yeah. But I definitely have, like, hawk cocktail competitions on my on mind, mind lately have you competed recently uh bombay was like the first one I've oh ever really done. Well, the lexus was doing that too right uh, i think she did that the year before oh got it mm-hmm. you like that as a vehicle for your, your mind and your culinary yeah, absolutely and i'm never or i've never been like a competitive type of person you know? yeah but it's kind of pushing me to do so, and it's really exciting. It's an unleashing a beast yeah, of some I'm just sort. Yeah, like, I want to kick everyone's ass <laughs> kind of thing and make some weird shit. And it's, I mean, it's a great avenue, and it often leads to the brand ambassador roles for people. You know, they win a few competitions for a particular brand, and then the brand brings them on, and then you're out there traveling, mm-hmm. talking. All right, so talking about being in front of a crowd, you're pretty comfortable from behind the bar. Right. And you like the human interaction piece. You like connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you have some interest in being an educator, being someone that can not only travel, which interests you, but go out there into a room of people you don't know and talk about something and educate them and be the expert? Yeah, that would be badass. Yeah? So you're comfortable with public speaking and all that? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, <laughs> just the idea terrifies the living hell out of me. Why? I, I don't know. I just... It's just nerve-wracking. I feel like I'm really shy at some, like, <laughs> I'm getting all, like, ugh, oh, no, thinking right. about it, like, yeah. public speaking, we good. Um, no, I can be, like, very open and quirky yeah. on one-on-one basis, you know, with people, but just, like, the idea of speaking in front of a crowd is kind of terrifying. Even, like, presenting my cocktail for Bombay, I was, like, ugh, like, <laughs> stuttering and just totally forgetting my whole spiel yeah. it was a lot does it take practice you think it. yeah for sure and, but you're open to it yes more absolutely. and more practice. Mm-hmm. Mm. it's good i think that's an interesting piece and the, the thing that having talked to many many bartenders and various tenures some people have been in the industry for 20 years some of which have been in the industry less than two years three years having seen and i know there's been turnover at the roosevelt room right you seem to have this sense of stability that you're willing to put in the time, that nothing is beneath you, right? Like you'll clean if you have to. Do you notice more and more in this industry that perhaps folks are really wanting to fast track their way to the top without truly putting in the time? Yeah. How does it make you feel? Is it kind of, is it irritate you? No, not at all. Yeah. I feel nothing. see i know that there's no way that is true (laughs) i don't know i'm not really worried about other people and their things i mean i'm just gonna work hard and just try to make the best path for you yeah exactly it's i mean this is so interesting because i i like that with with many of the people i've never met him before so we've met but i've never talked to you at Mm -hmm. length about your life right your background and like you're immensely humble, you know. Is that do you feel like that's a piece of you? I think that yeah, it is. Not too showy, but always willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on to a different subject altogether. We're in summer. We're in Texas. 
What do you think is a great drink? A really refreshing drink. Right this, not like right this moment, moment, because this mezcal is doing the fucking trick. But (laughs) what are people kind of into? What are some trends you're seeing here for summer? I don't know. Daiquiris all day, I guess. Daiquiris all day, right? And people come into the resort room and you've got this massive board. And you think that they're pretty open to trying anything back there? Mm, I feel like most people are. Yeah. You just kind of have to guide them. Most people are kind of scared, you know? What do you do to try to help them just understand? Just ask a million so questions difficult. like, what do you like? What do you usually drink? Yeah. Do you want something citrusy? They always say not sweet, though, right? Yeah, always. <laughs> what are you drinking now? Not in this moment, but Ugh. just for you, what's the post-ship drink? Man, beer. Beer. And mezcal Negronis. That's my jam right now. Yeah. What is it? The smokiness, I guess? I think so. Yeah. Smoky, bitter, sweet. It's culinary. All the things. It's yeah. so culinary. So th- Roosevelt Room is doing great business. The Eleanor. Is expanding the business. Kara's coming in. You're going to have a cool kind of ability to do mashups and stuff like that. I, I, I call them mashups because I really want people to like come in yeah, with music. I like that. And, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah, it's pop-up. But <laughs> but thinking about, I'm trying to, you know, hone in on what you find particularly interesting. So this is a question that I asked everybody on the show. And, you know, I asked Kara just the other day. And let's say you're drinking a mezcal Negroni anywhere in the world but a bar that you really really like and you can sit there and have a conversation and ask questions and inquire as much as you want with anybody living or deceased who might you love to just pick their brain at the bar with it's the easy one julia child oh my god that's perfect what did you do you know what julia child's drink no you know she drank but i just i wonder what her drink of choice was curious yeah Pastis, but I feel like she'd go harder than that. Oh, yeah. She's a badass. She, yeah, and she was quite a tall woman. Yeah. She could probably outdrink us both, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. What would you suggest that Julia Childs drinks? Being in such a position. Maybe brandy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Well, then tying all this back, you know, this interesting journey you've had and still trying to, like, make sense, like, your parents trying to make sense of it because bartenders, bartenders, right? It's like a fucking garbage man really it's just blue collar but so much more money in it as you've shown there's so much more reverence for the occupation itself do you think that if you were able to bring let's say your dad into the roosevelt room assuming that he hasn't already been there and sit him down in this fancy place and amazing ambiance and make him a really delicious culinary focused drink what do you think you think you'd be able to turn him I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Woo, I just got the chills when you said that. That would wow, be that's... something I would love so much for my family to come see me. Have they been to Austin yet to visit? No. Yeah. They have never seen me bartend. But to you, that's an opportunity to share mm-hmm. that thing that you really kind of Look what into. I can do. Yeah. <laughs> but not showing off. It's like a deeply intellectual yeah. and culinary focused mm-hmm. thing. You think it would ever happen? I would hope so. Yeah. I think it'll happen in the near future, for sure. That would make me so happy. Everything kind of coming full circle. Mm-hmm. I think they would, I feel like if they came to visit and just saw, or came to visit and just watch me do whatever I do. Yeah, in your element. They would finally understand, I think. 
maybe. Yeah, I think they would. Mm -hmm. You're you're in the zone when you're back there. Mm -hmm. You're in control of things, and you have such a nice insight about it. I can't help but think that they'd be like, okay, all right, fine, fine. You're right. We get it. Mm -hmm. Now make me another drink, please. (laughs) That would be incredible. Well, maybe. Maybe it'll happen, yeah? Yeah. Well, good. So... I'm just excited that there are, I don't know, is it bad that, that I am proud to talk to powerful females, right? No. I think that's, you guys have such a great bit of ambition, you and Kara both. It is a very, very, like a, a forged strength behind the bar there, and you guys have brilliant minds, and it really, really makes me feel great to be able to talk to you guys and see you really thriving. So, Sharon... Thank you so much for chatting with me and sipping the mezcal. I know you're not one used to the press. <laughs> you did a good job. Prost, you know. Cheers. Sip the mezcal and, you know, Godspeed on all this stuff. And I'll see you guys very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, there we have it. Sharon Young of the Roosevelt Room. A bit shy beyond the bar, but behind it has complete control of the experience, the ingredients, and those interactions. It was a really interesting experience for me and I think Sharon was a little reticent to talk about her life in that way and there's lots of family tradition on the line in a sense lots of things that she's still trying to make sure she mends with her mother and father so maybe a deeply psychological chat I don't know but it was really great to sit down and chat with Sharon about her life so thanks everybody for listening to show to v with Mike G as I mentioned on Facebook last night If you happen to see Emma Thompson on an old episode of Cheers, you're thinking, man, I finally am going to finish Bones after all of those 12 seasons. Please keep dancing.